Good morning. This is Your Best Life, a podcast about all things out there to help you live your best life. My name is Jennifer Haley. I am a psychiatrist and a hypnotherapist and a Reiki master and a National Academy of Sports Medicine personal trainer. And I'm working on a precision nutrition coaching, uh, nutrition coaching certification and a few other things like body talk practitioner to help everybody in my personal and professional life live their version of their best life. And I have this podcast, my little labor of love, in order to help share it with everyone out there. Hopefully it just grows. And even if you're not maybe feeling that the things that I bring up are for you, maybe they'll spark something in you to find something that will or lead you down a path to find someone or something that will. And that is the goal for this. So on that note, let's dive in. Because I admit, this is the fourth round of me attempting this particular podcast. <laughs> it is about the infamous question of the week, when does it get better? I've had many patients this week ask me about that. When do things get better? When does it get better? When does my emotional state, my life get better? Here's the answer. That depends on you. Wow, people really don't like that answer. (laughs) And the reason I say that is, what are you willing to do to get better? And I don't mean, you know, there was this movie, it was called The Cutting Edge. I used to love it when I was like 15 or 16. And he's like, what do I have to go down to Mexico and shoot shark piss up my nose and sit in traction for six months or something something like that. And I, at the time I thought that was really funny, but, but that's the way people think still. And I mean, I admit sometimes I wish it was that simple. I'd do just about anything if I knew that I was going to be able to trend up, get, you know, back in a good place, level up. That's what the way that we say it these days and, and, and move forward easily, but it's not that simple. It's a daily practice. It's a daily effort. So finding quick fixes is, although very attractive and seductive to all of us, it's also not the way it works. I have my own practices. Mine involve body talk and some diffuse. I have a diffuser. I, I do like lavender oil a lot. I won't lie. Sometimes I like to put a little jasmine in there or a little citrus of some sort. And I have rituals with either sage or some sort of Um, clearing type of thing to clear energy. I I have some things with rituals that I'll, or I'm sorry, with Reiki that I'll do sometimes. I have my intentional shower ritual in the morning or whenever I shower, because let's face it, sometimes it's not morning, um, where I really think about all of the stuff from the day that I don't want just pouring off, pouring off. And those things help. And if I fall out of that practice for a while, for whatever reason, be it travel or just busy days that start earlier than usual, or something that comes up that has just got my attention, I notice, and I notice fairly quickly. And it's very easy for all of us to fall out of those types of practices. But I feel strongly that, by and large, and this is not a 100% for sure, but many people in our society think that the the medication, the pill, is going to make things all better. It's not. (laughs) Research has shown that it's the 30% of people don't respond. I don't know if that's really true. I just question whether or not maybe 
they're not in a place to respond or whatever chemical is so low that we can't get them to a high enough dose safely because of other things that are in the medication to really feel the effects of the medication. I I don't know. Um, Pharmacology is admittedly not really my forte. I am going to a conference next week in Las Vegas with it, though, for it, though, so maybe it will be in in the future. (laughs) Thinking positive, see? Finding an alternative perspective maybe is a better way to look at that. These medications, though, even if they are the mo- are as effective as they can be, usually only help the symptoms improve by about 50%. So we're still not seeing that that alone is enough to make things better. So then what do you do on top of that? Well, you got to find what works for you. A lot of people do talk therapy. Talk therapy can be really helpful. I am admittedly not a behaviorist. However, I think there's a lot of value in behavioral techniques because that does help set up a ritual, a practice, a protocol for people who need maybe some structure. Structure is huge. It makes your life so much easier if you have some semblance of structure. That's one thing with my telemedicine job that's been kind of challenging for me. Yeah, it's really nice that I don't have to wake up at four o'clock in the morning anymore, but it's also very nice to make it easier on yourself to not even start until 4 p.m. or do other things that don't keep you in a very regular routine. Sometimes, especially for myself, I need that. And when things get a little bit more chaotic in life, sometimes that routine it makes the difference between success and failure or improvement and things getting better and failure or at least not living optimally and not functioning well. Some people really do get to the point where even showering is difficult or getting up is difficult and getting dressed is difficult. The resistance that we all have to doing the things we know we need to do to keep ourselves in an optimal functioning state is just unbelievable sometimes. It's so scary to face ourselves and what is really going on in there. So some other things you can do to help with your ritual, if you are someone who is religious, prayer is amazing. It makes a huge difference for so many people. I truly believe that part of the reason Catholicism has been as great as it is because it has such a strong, for many people, or has blown up the way it is. What do I, is this popular? I don't know. It has as many followers? I'm, I'm, now I'm backpedaling. Anyway, they have very structured rituals and that is easy for people and it it's attractive to people human beings honestly they do so much better in structure and crave it it's very difficult again like I was saying I can get up and make my schedule however I want and it's so much easier to not keep that structure and I make excuses oh it's easier for other people if I have appointments at all times well there is some truth to that And it is nice for accommodating, but it's also important for me to take care of myself so that I can be at my best when I'm taking care of others. And sometimes I'm tired. Sometimes it's hard to stay focused. Sometimes I need to take a few more breaks and they're just not available. So during those times, I rely heavily on my rituals, such as for me, exercise, body talk access protocol, some essential oils, using sage and that funny wood who I can never say correctly. I think it's Sao Panto, but don't quote me on that. It's Brazilian. My Portuguese is not good. There is no Portuguese. 
Um, or, you know, lighting a candle or just taking a couple deep breaths or doing some Reiki. I do all kinds of things during the day. There's a, it's, it's a Jennifer technique, but it's an Ayurvedic, I discovered it. It's Ayurvedic inspired, where I just kind of put pressure on my third eye area. And that is so effective at calming down the nervous system for me. Um, it kind of comes from something called Chiradhara, if anybody is familiar with Ayurveda, where they drip this amazing hot oil on that area and it's so relaxing it's 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 just the most wonderful thing I have never had a full shiradar I'm pretty sure I'd be in a coma for a month if I did um because it's just so relaxing and beautiful and wonderful but I've adopted a version of that and it's fun because I love soul cycle if any of you don't know that I love soul cycle and my Soul cycle instructor that I go to most frequently. Hate to play favorites there, but I do love Janelle. She is wonderful. She always does her stretch at the end where she has a moment where you put your head down on the bike on that area. And I'm always like, thank you, because it just kind of settles everything down. And I take a couple of deep breaths there. She probably doesn't know I like that as much. I don't know. I think sometimes she listens to this, so she might think that's kind of cute and funny that I think so highly of her stretching at the end with that little part where I get to rest my little forehead down on the bike. So finding whatever it is to help you get some sort of structure, some sort of ritual, some sort of something to find the motivation to keep yourself moving forward because medication alone just won't do it. And I felt so, I think, I don't know what the word would be. It was just really, it's just really hard. Anytime someone personally or professionally says, when does it get better? And I say to them, I don't know, but I know that you have to allow it to. And you have to do some things other than just rely on the medication. And people, I know that, I know they don't want to hear that, but it's also very much the truth. So exercise is another great thing, and it doesn't have to be crazy 45-minute soul cycle spin class. I only do that one or two days a week. I can't do it more than that. I only go lift weights heavy and hard with Matt one or two days a week. Again, well, two. Okay, two. Admit two. Um, Because more than that is too much for me, depending on where I'm at in my life. And there are times where I can handle more, and there are times when I can't handle more because of external stressors, but not doing it at all is not good either. And I have had times in life where I did not. When I was a fourth-year medical student, I didn't work out for like six months. And I felt horrible. I had a lot of body pain and not joint pain, just muscle pain from just not moving. And a, a walk, there was actually through Soul Cycle, they did a happiness challenge in January. And one of the things that um, in one of their emails was that research has recently shown that 10 minutes of walking a day can make a significant difference on people's attitudes, on their lifestyle choices, on their just day-to-day level of happiness. That's huge. That's huge, right? And that, that then relates to a study that was done at UCLA, 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 (laughs) recently, and I I don't know when, I admit, the woman at the Body Talk access class last weekend was telling us about it, where they did hormone level measurements on students who, and they had them sit with a very closed posture. It was either one minute or two minutes, and they measured their hormone levels, and they were just all tanked out, just not good at all. So they waited a short period of time. It was no more than five minutes. And they had them stand in a very open posture and measured the hormone levels again. And they were all 
completely different and elevated and in all the right places and in good ranges. That's so significant. That tells us how much even just the way we stand affects or sit. I think they were sitting actually, but regardless, it's our posture, which is our internal, our external presentation of how we're feeling internally. That's huge. So how do you get there? Well, there used to be this whole fake it till you make it thing. There's some truth to that. I'm not going to deny that faking it till you're making it can be a great tactic for a lot of people. However, if you don't have a good intention behind it, if you're doing it out of just force or because you think you will get some benefit or because you think that that effort alone, even if there's no intention behind it, will get you what you want, the outcome you want, it's not going to work that way. You have to put intention into everything. And that was one concept. I think I talked about this in a very early podcast, which you know was definitely not earlier than July of 2018, um, about a yoga instructor I had who used to talk about, well, what's your intention for class? What's your intention for class? I had no idea what she was talking about. I, I was like, I don't know what you mean. Now I understand. It's a very abstract concept. <laughs> what's your intention? Is the intention coming in? to relax? Is it to focus? Is it to breathe? Is it to clear your space? Is it to clear your energy? Is it to feel your anxiety and let it go through, breathe through it? And I don't, you know, it can be anything there. I could go with this for the whole day and still not even cover the amount of intention potentials. But you know, another thing that was came up in this Body Talk Access class, which, by the way, if you ever get the chance, it's so helpful. It's a six-hour class that's usually divided into very palatable three-hour segments. So you can learn these five basic techniques to help balance your brain and your body and get everything kind of awakened, whatever you do it, whether it's in the morning or not. And she was talking about how uh, she's a yoga instructor, and she was talking about how many people will come to her class and say, I have to do Shavasana for 10 minutes or I can't relax. Well, for those of you who don't know, Shavasana is the last pose in a yoga class, and it's meant to close out the practice and help you just kind of rest and regroup and relax. She kept saying it's so funny. They believe that, so that is true. (laughs) But it really only takes one intentional, focused breath to help you relax. And I've tried it several times, especially since then, and it's the truth. If you just take that one breath, how many seconds is that? No more than 10, right? Most people don't breathe less than six times a minute. Most people breathe a lot more than that. I don't if I'm resting. Um, But that one breath is enough to relax you and help you get into a better headspace where you can move through things and things will get better. So other recommendations for at least a place to start on how to help things get better. You know, again, I mentioned the oils. I like lavender. I like citrus. I like jasmine. Um, There are so many others out there. Citrus kind of wakes you up a little bit. Lavender is to relax. There's copaiba, which is supposed to be helpful with anxiety. It's kind of peppery. I'm not sure how I feel about the smell, but I do sometimes use it because I think it does have vibrationally, meaning energetically, some qualities that really help you just kind of slow down. And there are so many other techniques and things out there. 
hot baths are nice for people. Putting on lotion is nice for people after the bath and just kind of self-care and winding down and really finding an intentional time to take care of your needs and yourself. So there are so many things out there, but if you do not do these things, if you do not find this daily practice, this daily intentional time to allow yourself the space to get better or at least have a few moments of peace in your head in the middle of the chaos, because that's true peace, right? Peace when everything is cool and calm and collected around you, that's lovely. But if you can be peaceful in the middle of chaos, and that's a famous quote, I just can't remember it. I saw it on some one of those garden stones years ago in a catalog, and I'm like, wow, yeah, I like that. I think I was probably in my 30s, early 30s when I saw it, and I just it stuck with me. Like It's true. If you can be peaceful in the middle of a traffic jam on I-5 or on the 10 or whatever, then that's true peace, man. <laughs> Being peaceful sitting in your house with your lavender going at you know, 6.30 on a Sunday morning when you're recording your podcast because it's quiet and your beloved familiar, the cat, is with you, thank God. Um, He's well and healthy and I cherish every moment with him. Well, that's a lot easier to be at peace. So, you know, you have to allow it to get better. That's the moral of the story. You have to allow yourself to get better. You have to allow yourself to move forward. There are so many things out there that can help us. Chinese medicine, acupuncture, Reiki, hypnosis, a whole bunch of things I've never even heard of, I'm sure, are out there. And you have to find what works for you. If you find something really great, send it my way. I would love to hear about it because I'm so curious to hear everything else that's out there. I don't know everything. I just know the things that either worked for me or didn't work for me, but worked for other people or worked for me for a while, but then it was time to move on. That's the other thing. I have patients all the time. The medicine didn't work for me anymore. No, it did. It's just your life changed or the circumstances changed or you decided to give up on it or someone told you, oh, it's just not working for you. So you believe them. (laughs) And I, you know, our beliefs are so strong. Our mind is so powerful. Don't let it win. That's not the true essence of who you are. Your soul is the true essence of your, who you are. And the soul doesn't give up on us. Mine does. My mind gives up on me all the time. You want to hear a nice story? It's, a, it's kind of a tragedy. When I was, um, I've been deadlifting here for a while with beloved trainer Matt. And Matt was in Dubai for a couple of weeks visiting a friend of his. <laughs> And when he was gone on his own, I managed to get myself up to deadlifting 180 pounds. And I did it at the end of my five by five. So I do five sets of five reps with a minute or so rest in between. And I was so proud of myself. So he comes back and I lift with him Tuesday and I made it up to 195 pounds. That's a big jump in one week. Actually, it was more than one week. And he's like, I don't understand what's going on here. But I have a mental block about it. And I fully admit it. I don't know what happens. But when I get in the gym, man, full-on performance anxiety every single time. It doesn't matter if it's a workout on my own or it's Soul Cycle, or it's with him or it was with Justin back in the day. Or I used to run with this woman. Her name is Christine. She's a dentist. And I would freak out before I'd go running with her every time. She probably doesn't know that. In fact, most of those people don't know that. Matt knows that because I talk about it all the time. And it affects everything because I've already mentally decided this is what I can do. So you know what? I'm right. So that's something I'm working on right now with my body talk practitioner is this performance anxiety situation and allowing myself to break through those things and not be afraid. I mean, the reality is in 2010, I did have a seizure 
and it was a combination of overexercise, not enough food, and way not enough sleep right after I took the specialty boards for psychiatry. I don't know what caused it, but I have it in my head that I have to take, you know, really better care of myself, and I have to sleep, and I have, I got to get that out of my head, because this is not a helpful thought pattern, but I personally don't believe that CBT alone will do it. Because it's not just my thinking, it's a core belief. And now I'm getting on a tangent, so maybe next time we'll talk about core beliefs, or maybe we'll talk about anger, or maybe we'll talk about body talk. I don't know, but stay tuned, because it's going to be super exciting to see what happens for all of us next, especially if we allow it to just get better.